Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily. This is some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And Andy, we've got, we've got a bit of a bumper one as we're going into the weekend. Uh, so what, what do we like today? Yeah, we had a chat to start the show, a few topical lines, and then we spoke to a very interesting man that's going to, I think, change the way... Uh, at Bray Lockdown Football Looks, he's uh, come up with the idea of cardboard fans. Yeah, it's and you could be one sounds, of them. I think. Yeah, they're very good. Yes, and not that expensive as you're here. Uh, Matt Ford, the comedian, has been shielding. He's got a few health issues, but feeling perfectly well and on very good form. So we had a chat with him. Uh, striker. God, it's yeah. getting exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. Uh, Martin yeah. Kellner, you made him laugh. That's always a good thing. And, he's on good form um, too. Mike Ward, and of course the birthday spread, which was another thriller. Oh yeah, it was a nip and tuck, as you're going to hear. So here we are, there's the best bits of today. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, yeah, where should I start? I think I might start with the uh, news that the uh, royal couple, Prince William, did you see this? And, and his wife, Catherine, did mm. a, a bingo session for home did. care home residents. It was very nice, really. But I was just wondering, did the residents have to shout castle instead of house? Yeah, well, that's quite possible. Yeah, that's true. Stately possible, home is yeah. not quite the same, is it? <laughs> not quite the same. Interesting. Chelsea had to... Uh, sort of warn Kepper and Marcus Alonso for getting too close to fans outside the training ground. And I was thinking, who goes to a training ground at this point for autographs? What is wrong with people? How is that an essential oh, for journey? Sake, really? No, no, it's ridiculous. That's bad. And I, I've noticed this over the years. I've noticed this about there's a particular kind. Of, I can't put it any kind. Of, there's a particular kind of moron who stands oh, outside. Okay. Well, Premier League you can't. Premier League training. No, I can't. Premier League training grounds. Basically, they're they're grown men looking for autographs so they can sell them on eBay. Some are. Once some outside, are just some are just uh, kids who want to meet their heroes. I think to be fair, Andy, it's not yeah, quite and as those, cutthroat business. Well. The last time I was there, one of the kids was, was quite a long time ago, but his kid was going, Lampard, Lampard, Lampard. I, was trying, I said, it's Mr. Lampard to you. If you want to oh, get right. his attention, just screaming <laughs> at him like this. It's ridiculous. Lampard. So, this wasn't honestly, a parrot, so was it? I, I wasn't surprised to hear that those people yeah. had gone there and done that. Just. 
liftoff. Steve Bruce says he'd welcome the takeover, which is uh, quite surprising, really. He says, if it happens, I'd be delighted. I think if it happens, you'll probably be unemployed, sadly, but don't that's, worry about that's it. That's not I fair on him, is it? I think, I think it's very unfair. He well, it's not fair chance. on him, but that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, he might get a season, but you know what these owners are like. They want some. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They might finish, you know, they might finish sixth under Steve, and they'll think, no, that's not good enough. We want, you know, what's his name? Allegri or somebody like that. Yeah. That's the way they Potch. work, isn't it? That's, yeah. Yeah, Potch, that sort of idea. Uh, apparently, Rob Maul in the Sunday, they told us about a new darts tournament, a drive-in darts gala on yeah. June the 24th. And uh, a limited number of punters can pay a VIP top price of 163000 which involves... A space, that's a lot of money to watch a game of darts in from your car. Are you mad? 163,000, <laughs> you're saying? Have you yeah, got that pounds. right? To watch a game of darts, yes. 163,000 pounds. A limited number of punters can pay the VIP top price of 163,000... Uh, oh, no, sorry. 163 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Fake like News. Mr. <laughs> fake <laughs> News, honestly. I mean, I like Michael Van Gerwen. I've been lucky enough to play darts with him once. But I'm not sure I'd pay 163 grand uh, to sit at the front row of his uh, drive. No, no, for, for £163, you get uh, space in the front row, a sticker, mm. a photo by their car, and a windscreen cleaned before the show by one of their four stars. I think this is a perfect opportunity for a reappearance from great British skier, Shammy Alcott. Thank you very much yeah, for, that, for that. Yeah, that. All really of it, that for that. <laughs> all Andy, of that for now, that. Now, well, when you come, I know you like a swim, Andy, now and again. You think you look good in Speedos. Do, yeah. You're wrong, but you think you look good in Speedos. <laughs> I so, don't, um, terrible. Dig them out and also dig out your goggles and make sure they're good and mm. tight because um, Swim England have been saying they're going to up the chlorine levels in your local swimming pool. They're hoping swimming can come back, but you're going to have to up your chlorine levels uh, really. That'll be That's, pleasant, won't it? They say the kind of heat of the indoor pools, the amount of chlorine in the water means they're relatively safe places. And they want to find ways to mark off lanes. So they are looking at ways to bring it back. But yeah, eyes might sting a bit. So uh, tighten up the old goggles. Yeah, Donald Kicking Trump off. would go for a swim. He'd be swallowing the water. He'd be loving it. Yeah, he would be okay, won't he? It'll sort him out. Uh, it's all kicking <laughs> off in the world of um, polo, Andy, believe it or not. The Hurling really? and Polo Association has written to its 3,000 members to say they've heard about private estates breaking social distancing measures by playing chuckers. Um, because, of course, polo played on private grounds, not within the remit of uh, the Hurling and Polo Association. So people on their big private estates have been having uh, little little games of polo, thinking, oh, it's my gaff, I can get away with it. But uh, the governing body have, uh, have kicked off. So there we are. Well, I know it's not really Talk them, Sports right? Heartland. I don't know. Well, Maybe I we should do a show. Really. We should do a show called <laughs> Talk Polo. I mean, it up the, up the demographic. Not that there's anything wrong with the current one. But I was just thinking, Andy, because we have Alan. He comes and goes, Manning, that's his catchphrase. The catchphrase would be Hilaire, and we could get Vince Hilaire to uh, to <laughs> yeah. present. Well, I don't know if Vince knows much about polo, but anyway. There is a, Kenny Jones, the drummer, and also Martin yeah. Bell, the singer. They've both been involved in, oh, we, in we, we've polo, got a show. but sort of less posh polo, I'd say. Yeah, talk polo. Yeah, uh, well done to postman Gary Underdone, 32. It's been dressing Gary up Underdone. as Kiss... F- 
Uh, yeah, how does he like his steak cooked is what I want to know, <laughs> but that's not the point. He's, uh, he's been dressing up Get as him. Kiss frontman, Gene, that's his name, Gene yeah. Simmons. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, he's in Sheppey in Kent. It's a shame it's not. I'd love him to be delivering to dance. Can you imagine dance answers the door? Yeah. And Gene Simmons, his hero, is yeah. actually delivering a letter for him. But that would be brilliant, happen, wouldn't it? it? It's uh, Keith, uh, the underdone. I've never heard the name underdone before, have you? It's a very unusual name, isn't it, underdone? Yeah, if there's any other underdones, if you ever knew an underdone, I'm going to stop saying underdone now, but do let us know, it would be interesting. No, I knew an overdone, somebody would say. Uh, Talksport.com, uh, text 1889, that's great. And it put one cool subject. To, do you know anybody called underdone? It's not about England, it's not England's left-sided problem, is it? Let's be honest. Not really, no. I didn't know Gilfie Sigurdsson's dad was... I learned that today. I didn't know Gilfie Sigurdsson's dad was Iceland's greatest ever darts player, did you? That's a brilliant bit of information we got from Paul That's Giggins very interesting. I, 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 yes, I sort of saw that, but yeah. No, yeah, etc. But he's very popular <laughs> yeah, in Iceland, no. apparently. Well, I, I, well, I knew good. nothing of knew nothing of that, which is uh, very interesting. Mm. Anyway, Andy, you were talking yesterday. Yeah. Oh, go on, just yeah, go finally, on, you were talking say? yesterday about the British mm. Britain's Got Talent propaganda machine that puts out, you know, photos of Amanda Holden in her pajamas yeah. and all this sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, today they've got one. Will the Escot escapologist escape? Or will he drown? You think, no, he's going to escape, isn't he? He's no yeah. need to watch. Obviously, I he's not going to drown. No, I th- put it out. I think it would be certainly in Mike Ward's <laughs> pick of this evening's uh, tomorrow night's TV if the poor devil drowned. I don't think he will. And that's, no, that's not entertainment, is it? No one wants to see that on a Saturday night. A man not gasping really, for air, do they? So, um, or, I don't know, maybe they do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Bundesliga returns tomorrow, of course. We've got plenty of live action here on TalkSport. We'll run through some of the big games. Starting with the Berlin Derby tonight. We'll bring you that one. Uh, If you're watching on TV, you will see cardboard cutouts of uh, fans in the stadium Mm. for the uh, Gladbach game against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, it's a great idea. It, it was it's apparently the brainchild of a German fan called Ingo Muller who was sitting in his kitchen and uh, just had this idea. He has now teamed up uh, with our next guest, Tom Hickson, and they have uh, founded uh, Stay at Home, Be at the Game. And uh, Tom joins us now. Good afternoon, Tom. Hello, Tom. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good to oh, talk to you. you. Yeah, so um, how did you kind of link up with uh, Ingo after his little uh, eureka uh, moment in the kitchen? <laughs> so we uh, we approached Ingo literally a couple of days after his idea uh, went live, and he told us the amazing story about him suffering from uh, coronavirus a couple of months ago, and he was constantly complaining to his wife about not being able to go and watch his uh, beloved Borussia Mönchengladbach so his wife said to him, why don't you stick a big cardboard cutout of your face in the stadium? And obviously that's where the idea was born. And we felt that, obviously, as sports fans ourselves, we could we could take this to other, other sports teams and clubs uh, across the UK and across the world. It seems like a really good idea, but what about the costs of this? I mean, how much would it cost people to... I presume they have to send a photograph of themselves in club colours and then... What happens after that? Yeah. Yes. So what would happen is uh, <clears throat> a, a person would register via the the be at the game website. Uh, they would take a selfie on 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 the website, and then they would they would basically pay uh, twenty two pounds, which would cover the manufacturing costs, the shipping costs. Uh, but also within that, what's really important is 
uh, we're donating uh, funds towards the the COVID-19 local community projects efforts. Um, so it's it's helping to keep fans away from stadiums across the world uh, to help prevent the spread of coronavirus and, and obviously to provide uh, donations to help us fight uh, COVID-19 through those community projects. I sound pleasantly surprised at, at those figures because I expected it to be more, especially yeah. with the, the charity angle I as well. Too. I mean, I think if the Premier League does come back and I had the choice to spend £22 to have a little cardboard cutout in my usual seat with the guys I sit with, I think I'd, I'd be <laughs> up for that. Um, I mean, I suppose if you're not a, a Mönchengladbach fan but would just like to see yourself in the crowd at some point, can you do that as well? Or is it, is it quite club-specific? <laughs> it would be a bit of an odd thing to do, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no reason why general sports fans across the world couldn't, uh, couldn't have their cardboard cutout picture uh, within, within stadiums uh, that are showing various different fixtures. So there's no reason why that can't happen. We have actually uh, approached uh, a range of a range of teams uh, from the Premier League and lower league teams because uh, it's very interesting in your your previous discussions with guests around obviously the survival of, of the FL and we see that value particularly with the lower league teams on how the the cardboard fans could provide a revenue stream to those uh, clubs as well as contributing towards the, the COVID-19 community project efforts. So we f- think that's really important. We're actually very close to, to completing a deal with Lewis Football uh, Club, who are a community football club who play in the Isthmian Premier League and the FA Women's Championship. Um, mm. And that obviously could be a, a great opportunity to, to pilot here in England. They've always been a very forward-thinking club, actually, Lewis. But it just struck me that the further the food, up the food chain you go, you're relying on the goodwill of the club. So we send £22 for this to happen. It's delivered uh, to the Spurs Stadium where I watch my football. And then, of course, I'm reliant on uh, Tottenham uh, putting that up along with the yeah. other 60-odd thousand in there. And as long yes. as I don't get a bill from Daniel Levy for £50 for the steward who had to go there and glue it to my seat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Obviously, and uh, it, it is it is reliant upon the good faith of the club, and that's why obviously we want to ensure that there are there are revenue streams available to the club to cover operational costs. We recognise that any sports team that has to play behind closed doors does have costs uh, that are affiliated to to being able to make that happen. So we want to obviously make sure that they obviously benefit from that as well. And uh, put mine in the way, and it'll probably end up being shredded. But uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> how, how, what's your capacity for this? Because I mean, for example, Premier League comes back. I don't know, game at Stamford Bridge. You know, what, what Chelsea fans, thirty thousand say. I mean, how much? If everybody went for it, how many could you actually produce? We can we can meet any demand. So we've we've got manufacturers, logistics companies that we're working with are able to, to, to meet any, any demand, whether it's large-scale Premier League football clubs. We've also had interest from La Liga, Serie A, MLS, uh, NBA and, and NHL franchises as well. Um, so we're able to cope with that capacity um, should the demand come for it. Have you managed this uh, Gladbach game tomorrow, Tom? Have you, have you been involved in this one? Yes, uh, very remotely though. It's been our colleague Ingo Muller that's really been the star of the show. He's literally been in the stadium with the fans, uh, putting up the 
the cardboard cutouts of the fans uh, all week making this happen. So he's really um, our main person that has been making this project happen in Gladbach. They're a head and shoulders shot, effectively, on cardboard. So how do you actually attach them to the seats? So there's various different ways that we can do it. So uh, dependent on the club uh, or team arena seating configuration. So it could be it could be tied around uh, the actual lower part of the cardboard. We've also looked at uh, really uh, efficient ways of being able to attach it to the back of the seat. Uh, so that dependent on the team requirements, uh, we would we would adapt to to those accordingly. Obviously, everybody's got different configurations from the lower league clubs to uh, to higher league clubs. So we've we've got a flexible number of options that we can work with. It looks very effective. I'm looking at a picture of the uh, Munchen Gladbach fans, but surprisingly, they're not all in their club colours. Because I would have thought a wall—is it green they wear? But a wall of their colours would have looked more effective than people to send them in in their ordinary t-shirts. But there you go. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's the way you maybe dress for the game. Not everybody wears colours for the game, do they? I suppose we want to be authentic. Hmm. It's true. It's true. And I think obviously, uh, since the idea came out, people were obviously just trying to uh, help and support the local uh, supporters club uh, for Borussia Mönchengladbach. So people have just taken selfies. You're absolutely right. And not everybody travels, obviously, to the game in their club colours. And uh, it does kind of have that authentic feel to it. So we'll see it tomorrow. There's apparently 14,000 cutouts. I mean, if you're an away fan, (laughs) if you're the real complete... (laughs) Could would you put yourself in the Could you put yourself in the away end for a match? It's possible. It's, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, with this, obviously, we want to make sure fans uh, around the world are able to to take part and get involved. Obviously, it's for a good cause as well, uh, mm. as well as uh, our, as well as getting people watching football again. It's, we're obviously trying to support. Uh, local community projects on the ground and and relating to this great fight that we have with COVID-19. But yeah, uh, why not uh, have uh, a good good range of home and away fans at every game? Stewart's standing by with a large pair of scissors in case anybody invades the pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Put put your non-existent arm up your back and lead you out. I've got another practical question, actually, Tom. I mean, how kind of weatherproof are these? High winds or a bit of rain? What can they they stand? So we've gone through all all the relevant procedures for safety, uh, for for fire regulations, etc. So uh, they will be firmly secured. Uh, even in the most extreme circumstances uh, of weather. And is at the end of it, can you get your own one back? Would there be a system of saying, you know, I can go back to uh, at the ground where I watch my football now? Um, will they just be discarded or could you ever get your, your hands? I suppose you'd have to organise that with the club, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the wonderful projects that uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach have done uh, with Ingo leading the front on this, uh, they gave the opportunity once we're... Uh, released from the, the lockdown procedures that are ongoing. Uh, the Munch and Gladback Club are arranging a, a collection point for fans to come and get their uh, cardboard cutouts. Right. And they're also having a, a celebration as well uh, that's going to be uh, centred around cardboard fans. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to make a fantastic spectacle of it once uh, the lockdown is over. And just finally, you also offer team lockers uh, photo. I have a photo with your cardboard placed in your favourite team locker room 
or your favourite player photo. Have a photo of your cardboard with your favourite player. So what they, these are a couple of other options. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, fans fans can have their cardboard cut out in the changing rooms with the the club shirts in the background or uh, have a, a cardboard selfie as such with uh, with one of their favourite players from, from a team as well. <laughs> good stuff. It's a brilliant thing. Well done, yeah, Chris. I think it's it good. really good fun and it could... It's going to make the stadiums look better. I know people. Some people will complain about it, but I think it's, it's got to look better yeah. than empty seats. I've got I've got yeah, absolutely, absolutely no problem after what we saw last week. Whether it's a bit of kind of fake crowd noise or cardboard cutouts, uh, anything to bring it back to life. Even though we know it's all artificial. Uh, be at the game dot org. Tom is where we go to find out more about this, isn't it? That's right, and we're also on uh, the typical social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stay Home Be at the Game. Brilliant. Good to talk to you. Well done. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. There we are. Tom Hickson there, co-founder of Stay at Home, Be at the Game. And uh, look out for that at the uh, Gladbach Leverkusen game tomorrow. Uh, it's good stuff. It is good, isn't it? I mean, I, I, again, when he, very said, good. when he said £22, I thought, oh, OK. Yeah, I thought that. If, with, with I thought 50 involved, to 100. Yeah. yeah. I thought it's not prohibitive, really, is it? To be to be at the match and also to to put some money into uh, a charity. Yeah. Well, let's see how well, it pans it'll out. It'll stay there for all the, you know, if you've got four or five home games left, they'll stay there for all those games. Yeah. You'd spend more than 22 quid going to those games. So, seems yeah. reasonable. I'm sure they get I'm a big in. uptake. I'm in. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Talking about taking a dive, we've taken a deep dive, the deepest of dives, into Steve Bruce's murder mystery novel, uh, oh, Striker. Yes. We're bringing you the whole book, um, courtesy of Ian Danter doing his fine uh, Steve Bruce impersonation. And uh, let's pick up where we left off yesterday. The letters for town manager Steve Barnes has discovered that one of his forwards, Jimmy Lawson, who he suspects to be the murderer of his uh, striker, Pat Duffy, has been indulging in illegal activities such as drug use and black market gambling at a dodgy nightclub. Let's go back to the nightclub now with slightly camp Steve uh, Barnes' mate. The deck was stacked against Jimmy Lawson. He was, to my mind, suspect number one. There was one unanswered question. Why had he left the knife in Pat Duffy's back? Could he have cleaned the knife blade of his fingerprints so that the first person to enter would do what was natural, remove the knife, leaving his dabs on the handle? That person was me. Suddenly, Jimmy Lawson seemed a very dangerous young man. I thought of taking Corsten's offer to confront Jimmy Lawson here and now, rough him up a bit, get him to confess and within 10 or 15 minutes Chief Inspector Shannon would be making an arrest and this time he'd be fingering the right guy. Language Timothy. What's Jimmy doing right now Terence? His Sunday name, Corsten liked that. Snorting dear. I could imagine Jimmy Lawson doing just that, buying courage from white stuff before a big game perhaps or after a busy day with plenty of pressure or after he'd ruthlessly killed a fellow player and placed the blame on his first team coach and manager I'm leaving now Terence I said any chance of getting out without being attacked and maimed oh you mustn't go he said not tonight why I smiled we've got Johnny Valentino the name was vaguely familiar but I couldn't place it male stripper Terry said among the best lovely body you've never seen Johnny Valentino he looked at me as if I must be someone newly arrived from a distant planet not my cup of tea 
I said, but live and let live, eh? Shane, he said, drawing his knees up to his body, but if you ever decide to buy, know what I mean? If you mean the same white stuff that Lawson puts up his nose, include me out. Drugs is for mugs. So there we are, a fantastic performance there by Dance, who uh, doing <laughs> I know. doing Terry, the nightclub owner, effectively because it, we, the euphemism that Steve uses in his book that Terry is not a ladies' man, uh, make of yes. that what you will. But uh, so he's not only having to do a Steve Bruce impersonation; he's having to do an impersonation as Steve Bruce uh, of uh, the uh, the slightly camp club owner Terry. So it's it's a marvellous performance. I mean, BAFTA's all round. I'd like to think <laughs> it's uh, brilliant he by the brilliant. end of this. So uh, uh, we'll have a bit more striker uh, on Monday. Mark Carter's been in touch, friend of the show. He said he wants to know if those cardboard fans are robust enough to cope with being put in a headlock by Eric Dyer. It's a very good point, Mark. We'll, we'll ask the people to be at the game and uh, and see see what they can come up with there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This Sunday from 9am, Johnny Owen and friends. Uh, Johnny's been a regular guest on the, this show around his many projects. And uh, among uh, film director Johnny's guests will be Noel Gallagher, Sean Deitch and Stephen Graham, currently in Code 4. Yeah, I think Mark Webster's helping him present the show as oh, well, Oh, good. Excellent. Fantastic. He's a good lad, yeah. Johnny. And um, our next guest will be familiar with his work, because Johnny was behind uh, I Believe in Miracles, uh, the story of the magnificent uh, forest side built by Brian Clough that uh, won the, the uh, European Cups, of course, uh, because our next guest is forest fan and comedian, Matt Ford. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon. I take it you're a fan of Johnny's film. I am, yes. He's a good friend of mine. So um, oh. it'll be nice to have him in London every weekend. Good stuff. Now, um, Matt... It entirely selfishly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, you won't be able to see him, though. That's the problem. Yeah, that's right. We can wave from the window. The um, Until I read a piece in the mirror the other day, I didn't realise that, yeah. you know, we've all been in lockdown, but you've been in lockdown, lockdown. You've been in isolation for, for health reasons, haven't you? Yeah, I've been shielding because I've got severe asthma. And this sounds stupid, but I never realised I had severe asthma until I checked the government website. And because of two medications that I'm on, I've had to shield. So, and I live in a flat. I don't have any outdoor space of my own. So for the best part of 10 weeks now, I have not been outside once. I've stuck the advice to the letter. Wow. Are you someone who, who has wow. sort of asthma attacks? I mean, is, is, is it, in your eyes, is it sort of fairly mild? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been on inhalers all my life. Um, but in the last few years, I've had a, a series of chest infections, which... I've needed strong medication for, so that's kind of been the problem. But, it, it, you know, I still exercise, I still run around. Like, it, I thought severe asthma meant you had to cart an oxygen tank around you. It never really... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because the word severe, people, well, I, can, I can walk upstairs and I can go about my business. Mm. So it was a bit of a shock to me, actually. Um, but given what I've read about how it affects the lungs, I just don't want to take the risk. No, fair no, point. No, it definitely sounds wise a decision. So during lockdown, I presume you've been working, and uh, Trump must have been such a gift for you during this time. He's come up with some classics. Even by his standards, lockdown for him has been a disaster, hasn't it? I mean, it has, yeah. And um, you know, I'm always aware that the disaster has real consequences for people. But but that's, I mean, the stuff he was saying yesterday when he said, I tested positive but in the negative it was a negative positive test it was <laughs> it was very positive but on the negative side you know yeah. what i mean yeah. 
You can't believe he's not doing that on purpose. Yeah, some of the press briefings have been fantastic. That shot of the the med, one of his uh, team, his kind of professors, when he was talking about <laughs> injecting disinfectant, and uh, she's just not looking up. Please, please don't let him be talking to me. I'm not looking up. I'm not nodding, Med. I'm not doing it. She's just kind of looked at her legs. It's uh, it, it can't it can't be easy. I wouldn't think. No, I mean, it must be awful for the people around him that aren't the true believers, you know, people that just want to serve their country and think, well, maybe I can have a positive influence because you just give in a maniac intellectual cover, really. But the disinfectant thing, what is incredible is some people believed it yeah. and started consuming it. I mean, I think here, I don't know, I always, you know, you've got to be really careful to, to not think, oh, we wouldn't do that here. But if Boris Johnson went on TV today and said, well, I, I, think, people, I think people should be drinking domestos, I, you know, you would, you would hope <laughs> that there wouldn't be a person around that would think, well, I'll have a shot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that, not. That, is the, that is the danger, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, these are, these are worrying times. And he's trying to get the country... Back open, of course, and he keeps re- he keeps uh, sort of liberate Louisiana and all these things. And, yeah. and I think, well, hang on, mate, just what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's when you see it's when you see like I think someone found some old tweets of one of his supporters going, "The coronavirus is a is a fake. It's all made up. It's a conspiracy." And then the next tweet says, "I'm going out for a walk. There's no such thing as the coronavirus." And the next one is, "I think I've caught coronavirus. I'm not feeling very well." Um, oh, <laughs> There's a whole, you know what? And I, I remember obviously when I used to do overnights on Talksport, and um, you would talk to some people who, you know, it's always been out there. There's always been a small amount of people that think vaccinations are a conspiracy, fluoride in the water, and all stuff like that. It's always been there. You just don't elect those people to run the world's most powerful country. No. No, absolutely not. Now, you mentioned uh, when you used to be on TalkSport, and you also, also used to do a show on Saturday mornings with your good mate, John Richardson. And That's I was right. watching, I love this show, Meet the Richardsons. It's really a funny show. And you popped up in it, didn't you? With, uh, so you, you know him better than anybody, I think. You know what? Popping up on that thing and watching it back is what made me lose weight. I look awful in that thing. <laughs> and the shirt I'm wearing is massive. I looked at that shirt the other day. I can't believe I ever thought that was a normal shirt size. It's like a 10. <laughs> so actually, the lockdown's been really helpful because I bought myself an exercise bike and I've lost so much weight. I'm on it every day. Oh, wow. Oh, brilliant. It's been a real That's benefit good. of it. Yeah, after seeing myself on that thing, I thought, oh, my God. Well, this goes back to well, this goes back to the, the, the we talk about the asthma and the severe asthma as well. I mean, you know, uh, you're diagnosed with that, but you did a London marathon a few years ago, didn't you? That's right. Like in 2010, I did it, and I was asthmatic mm. then. So you can still do, you know, sure. there's so many people listening to this who have asthma. Who really, as long as you manage it well and, and you take your puffer in the morning and your puffer at night, you're fine on the whole. Um, it's just been the last few years, really, for me. Um, and, you know, I've wondered about why that is, because a lot of the time, as an adult, you grow out of things like asthma and eczema. Yeah. And I, I really think living in London has been part of it. I think the pollution in the city of London is really bad. And I think that's had an impact on my health. Mm. Just a quick yeah. one on the football, it's been, because... It's been better, though, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> we, we, we now find ourselves in a situation where we don't quite know what's going on with the championship. We think it's going to be played out. And there will be playoffs, which of course will feature will feature Forest. Oh, man. so it's to think that after all this, we will get some entertainment, and that 
potentially Forest get back into the Premier League this summer. It's just it's getting me through it. In a, <laughs> you know, I feel so emotional about any football. I was watching that K League the other day. Mm. It's just any football. <laughs> and I know it. I know that has to be saved. I know that other things are important. But my God. Uh, you know what? I feel with all this, I feel like all those of us who love football have been proved right. It matters so much. Yeah. And I just, oh man, I just, I, the thought of watching any game now just fills me with so much happiness. Yeah, well, I've yeah. always said that. It, it, it doesn't matter, but it does matter, doesn't it? That's oh, the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and finally, Matt, you've kept busy in, uh, in isolation though. You've still been doing podcasts and stuff, haven't you? Yes, I have, yeah. So um, I do my political one, the political party, that people can listen to. And um, I've been doing some Nottingham Forest ones. With, uh, for, we call it Reservoir Red Dogs. And it's me and Paul McGregor, who was the Britpop footballer. And we had Sean Dyche on last week. So that's, that's out there for people to listen to, reminiscing about his time as a trainee under Cluffy. His stories are out of this world. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Time for the birthday spread then. We've got 10 birthdays that uh, Andy has uh, put together. He's got a little gag uh, for each one. And uh, we've got to try and guess how old these famous people who've celebrated a per- birthday, and some not so famous, in the past week. And we've got to guess how old they are. And uh, the closer we get to it each time, the margin of error, of course, that builds over 10 birthdays uh, is uh, smaller. The one that's got the smallest margin of error is the winner. I, I generally win this, uh, but not last week. Um, was it Tony, the Arsenal fan? I think it was, who beat me. He, he just he kind of rode on my coattails. It was a, it was a kind of cynical, tactical It was ploy, very cynical. It was brilliant, though, wasn't it? I mean, he played, it was like um, he played the house. It was brilliant the way he did it. <laughs> so I salute him. I didn't mind. He, so he laughed if, at my gags. I was happy. Yeah, let's, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't well. Um, so, um, <laughs> Paul, the Leicester fan, joins us now. Good afternoon, Paul. Good, af- good afternoon, chaps. Uh, yes, just, 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 just while I'm on, I said to your researcher, I have, I've tweeted you, Paul, but you must get on the data. Talk about old consistency that you need to, I'd love to, see, I'd love to bring back, and it makes me laugh now. One seventy-five. One seventy-five. Yeah, oh, one seventy-five. Yeah, I, well, I, I could I, throw I in a one seventy-five next week. Yeah. Well, where the calf's closed, I mean, maybe we should bring back a. We'll have a. We'll have a game of one seventy-five next week. We'll do a one seventy-five next week, Paul. Okay, should we should we crack on? Um, I'll kick us off, yeah. Paul. Then you'll go first next. We'll alternate. Um, and what's the first birthday, Andy? Uh, the first birthday is the pianist David Helfgott. Oh, David wow. Helfgott. And oh, it drove me mad trying to get his Panini sticker piano series card. Helfgott, not got. It's like that. <laughs> And you've really kicked us off with a tricky one, because David Helfgott could be any any age. I'm going to go. I don't know. I could be. But this could be a high scorer. I'm going to go 68. What do you think, Paul? Oh God, God, I'm thinking of Bobby Crush. That's the last. Uh, about nine. Ooh, 74. 74. Okay, he's gone with Andy. What is he? He's 73. Oh, so that's oh, good uh, start just by one out. Leicester so Paul. I'm five out, so five plays one uh, at the moment. Good work. Paul goes into a lead. Okay. He'll go first this time. Who's next, Andy? It's a uh, very happy birthday to Professor Malcolm Longhair, the uh, astronomer. <laughs> what's his name? Astronomer Royal for Scotland, 1980 to 90. And uh, I went out with a Scouse ex-girlfriend of his. She was a long hair lover from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> So, Paul, um, 
He's called he's Professor Longhair, is he? Is that his uh... That's his name, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right. I remember the bloke. Um, uh, it's my is, is it my go first, Paul? It yeah? is your go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is, yeah, go he's, on. Gotta, he's, he's gotta be uh, quite a uh, quite a veteran now, I should imagine. I'll go eighty one. Uh, 81. Okay, I might go a bit older. I'll go 80, 87, Andy. What is he? 79. Oh, okay. That puts Paul on three. I, what do I go? I went 80. Did I go 87? I'm eight out. So it puts me on 13. So 13 plays three. So a nice early Ooh, lead. We've got a bit Paul. of ground to make yeah, up. Yeah, here we go. I'm Professor Longhair, um, of course. The okay. famous musician. The- yep. Exactly. The Reverend, very happy birthday to the Reverend, where is she? I can't even find her. Oh, yes, the Reverend Vivian Fall. Sorry, Bishop of Bristol, the Reverend yeah. Vivian Fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Vivian quite well, actually. She was running in a mixed clergy and country music race with Charlie Pride. I predicted the winner when I said Pride comes before fall. Cool. <laughs> Blimey. Even the moose is shrinking at some of these. It's come to this. Um <laughs> Six, 60, clickety click 66. I'm going. What do you think, Paul? Um, I think probably uh, early middle ages, Mr. Parry would say. I'd say uh, 53. 53, okay. 53. No, she's 65. So well done, one, Paul. One out. back in so the race. 14 oh, and 12. So that's 14. <laughs> Um, plays 15. What a game we've got. Ooh, Ooh, it's exciting, isn't it? What a game. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Um, Okay, okay, it's a happy birthday to the songwriter, Nicky Chin. Oh, yeah. Nicky Chin. Yeah, I used to do white-collar boxing with him, actually, but I kept knocking him out with one punch in a weak chin. (laughs) What do you you think, Paul? Our old Nicky Chin. Chin. Uh, Songwriter. Yeah. Nicky Chin, I'm thinking, um, 71. 71, that's, oh, okay, 71. Um, I'd say Nicky Chin and Chapman, of course, great songwriting partnership. Maybe a bit older, 75, Andy. Oh, spot on, 75. Oh, what about that, 14? And Paul was just four out, though, so there's not much in it. 14 plays 19. Core, it's exciting. And talking of Core, yes, it's the uh, folk and pop singer Andrea Core. Okay. Happy birthday to her. Yeah. And uh, when you know, when I was a cab driver, I had to pick up Rob Watton and uh, drop him at her house. Yes, took Watton to the Core. <laughs> Watton to the Core. That's very good. Uh, Andrea Core, how old is she now? Um, she must be 40. Eight. So I'm going 48, Andrea Core. What do you think, Paul? Um, not far off there. Well, uh, well, as a Paul, uh, I'll go 45. 45, Andy. What is she? She's 46. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I was uh, three out. Puts me on 17. Uh, one out. 20. 17 plays 20. This is the sport at the very highest level. I'd say well, so. Very that. exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, a very happy birthday again to uh, the great singer, part of a, a group, the Isley Brothers, Ronald Isley. Oh, yeah. So a happy birthday to Ronald. And uh, he, he campaigned for the jockey, Sam Twiston Davis, to win Sports Personality of the Year. It was Isley's Twiston Shout. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'd be the headline in the paper, in the Racing Post. <laughs> yeah, it they're, what it, they're less what jokes, it? more headlines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Paul? Ronald <laughs> oh, Isley? Okay, oh, yeah. fantastic. Uh, right again, again, late, late, uh, late middle aged, uh, as right. Mr. Parry would say. Again, uh, so I'd go seventy six. Seventy six. That's not a bad guess, but I might have gone a bit high. I go seventy nine, Andy. What is he, Ronnie, Ronald Isley? Uh, 79. See, is he 79? 17, okay. He's spot on, 23. Okay. So it's still oh, nothing in it. It's only six in it. It could change in a yeah, matter of minutes. Yeah, one slip and you could be in trouble, yeah? I'm first. Uh, very happy birthday to the singer, Yaz. Oh, Yaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah, big fan. She was a big fan of the former Luton, Arsenal and West Ham centre-half. You must remember her song, The Only Way Is Upson. Yeah. The only way is Upson, of course. Uh, Matt, Matt Upson there. Uh, Yaz, what she's, she's probably in the Andrea Core envelope. 40, 47. I'm going to go 47. What do you think, Paul? Uh, uh, older, 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 definitely, uh, I think definitely older. I'll go 56. 56. Okay, 47 plays 56. She's 60, Paul. 60, Oh, yes. really? Gosh, she's that peroxide hair yeah. that's thrown me. <laughs> Can't, yeah, okay. okay. I can't see getting a. Am I too early trying to get a bus before I past nine? Yes, it doesn't seem right. So um, she's sixty. I said forty-six. I'm fourteen now, so that puts me on thirty-one. And you, what did you go, Paul? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. You're only four out, which puts you on twenty-seven. So there is. Uh, there's four in it still. Oh, what a competition! It's it's incredibly tight. It's back to it's yeah. Paul's next. He's first. Yes, I've been uh, dreading this one slightly. It's the <laughs> sailor <laughs> double Olympic medalist from 2000 and 2004, Simon Hiscox. Okay, let's uh, get a finger on I've the dump button I can't, for our producer. I've got I can't do this gag. <laughs> you, you knew his brother, yeah? No, no, it's, okay. I had to rescue him when he ran aground, but it involves a tug. I don't think I'm Yeah, with yeah it okay, really. I'm sure it does. Uh, Paul, <laughs> so what is it? Uh, what is it? 2004, uh, okay, yeah. Sailor Olympics. So, uh, uh, so you're thinking that. Um, I'll go. Yeah, cool. 53. 53, okay, I'll go a bit higher. 57, Andy. He is 47. Oh, I'm 10 out. Puts me on 41. Uh, you went uh, 53. So, uh, and he's, what is he, 47? So, six out. Puts him on 33. So, 33 plays 41. Two left. And uh, Paul is in the lead. We've beaten for the oh, second week. I need, a, I need a snooker now. Keep going. Okay. It's a happy birthday to the uh, theologian. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Reverend Don Cupid. The Reverend Don Cupid. Yeah, and uh, he was desperate, desperate to make the Britain's archery team for the Olympics, yeah. and asked me to coach him. I started with Cupid, draw back your bow. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, that's the best way to start, isn't it? Really. Um, exactly. Eighto, blind eighty. What do we think, Paul? What is it all? The man of the cloth is he? Was he yeah, what, he's uh, he's the Reverend Paul oh, Cupid. Man of the cloth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think? Oh God, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, ooh, seventy-four. Seventy-four, Andy. What is he? 86. Oh, so I was six out, which puts me on 47. 74, 86, 12 out, puts 45. So there's two in it as we go into the final round with Paul going first. Two in it. 47 plays 45, the lowest score, of course, will win. Paul currently in the box seat. Take it away, Andy. Oh, God. God. It's, uh, well, actually, I've got two, but should I make one that's more difficult to guess? I don't know, it's up to you. Yeah, you do whatever you like. You're in charge. Go on, Andy. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, it's a happy birthday to the figure skater and 2019 world singles champion, Alina Zagitova. Yeah. Alina Zagitova. She actually was asked to help break up Zig and Zag, the puppets. Was she? <laughs> Zag was she over. really? She said, yeah, Zag, Zag, it's over. She sacked Zag from the act, didn't she? Zag, she said, Zag, it's over. Zag, it's Surely over. that's what she exactly. did. Yeah, probably she did. Yeah, get your car. I, imp- I had to improvise that one because yeah. uh, I brought it in late. Okay, fair enough. Um, Paul, what do you think then? This is it. This is to oh, win it potentially. Uh, 2019 figure skater. Uh, yeah. 18, 2018 yeah, Olympic gold medalist. 33. Okay, that's good. Olympic. I might go a bit younger just to make a game of it. I'm going to go 29, Andy. What was she? <laughs> she's she's 18. Oh, so I needed. F- <laughs> I, that, that, yes, I I was. Is that right? So she's 18, and I said she was 29. So that's 11, putting us on 11. 58. And what did you say, uh, Paul? You said what? 33. 33. So uh, 18. Uh, so 15 that's, uh, out. 15 out, uh, which puts you. Oh, it's a draw. <laughs> Oh, it's not. It's, it's, no, it's not. No, it's not a draw, actually. Um, I've got that completely wrong. 33, 43. Uh, yeah, I won. Yeah, I won 60. It was. <laughs> I do apologize. Let's talk about building the tension when you're hopelessly That's wrong. That's as bad as my gags. <laughs> it's a draw. My maths is as bad as your gags. Between us, what a carsy out that was. But anyway, Paul, it came down to two points. You made a, a fist of it. Well done. Um, well played, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Really good, really good. Keep up, again, echo all the things. Keep up the good work, boys. It's, uh, yeah, you, you have to, it'd be strange when you're in a live sport. Everyone might have to get sharpened up a bit on it. I think that might <laughs> be. Right. going to remember. Well, all the time we've got the birthday spread and it's that exciting. Who needs live sport? Well, I think we all do, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cheers, Paul. Do, Look yeah. after yourself. Thanks Bye-bye. very much. Bye. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Time then to look at a week of sport on TV, as always, in the company of squad number nine, uh, talks, uh, talk radio host, of course, overnight, Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. You all right? Yeah, we're not too bad. Yes, good, uh, Martin. Thank you. Good, just good. Doing some um, lamentable maths just before the, the break. Yes, break. I heard it. I heard it all. It was uh, hilarious. I was. I played a little game while you're doing that. Yes. I, I, I try and work out what Andy's pun is going to be. Yeah. Uh, yes, and uh, usually quite successfully. Yeah. yeah I'd say. <laughs> so it's, it's it might be nice if one week you could accompany him, if you could just pre-record some Swanee Whistle for us. We'll do that, and then we can just fire those off on the punchline, Martin, so you'll, be, you'll always be part of it. So now you've got oh, your Swanee Whistle with you. It's lovely. Mm. So, um, what have you been watching this week? Well, a a word for BBC Scotland. I've always thought thought that BBC Scotland uh, do a fantastic sort of uh, left of field coverage of Scottish football. Um, You know, their amusing take on things, uh, I think is always really, it's a little bit like the same attitude that that you take with your show. They're not too serious about it. You know, it's not not life and death. And the the show I watched, which you'll find on the BBC iPlayer, uh, but it's a BBC Scotland show called uh, A View from the Terror which is made by a company called We Films. Hey? Uh, it's We, W-E-E, obviously. So they're just We yeah. Films they're making there. 
and um, it was rather good. It, it started off with a, with a scene from Gayfield. Uh, Gayfield, you'll know, is the home ground of our broth hmm. uh, FC, established in 1878, I believe. Oh, um, and top you, of your head, did, that's impressive, Martin. It is. Isn't, well, I can also well, let me hang on, wait on. I can also tell you that our um, broth hold the world record for the largest ever win in professional football history. Um, yes. They beat, yeah, they beat Bonacord 36 nil in the Scottish Cup mm. way back. That's true. Um, well, we all know that one. We, oh, you will know that. It's interesting. That's going to be <laughs> uh, in quizzes all over the place now. But um, it, it was a fascinating little show. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think the thing about football at that level is you do get fantastic access. If you know what mm. I mean? If you want to be in the dressing room uh, filming everything, you can get that access. If you want to, t whichever player you want to talk to, and however deep you want to go, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of the interviews they did uh, in a moment, you know, you can usually do it. And sometimes it's much more interesting than watching these very airbrushed documentaries about Manchester City or Barcelona or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I really enjoyed yeah. this. It, it was the, the opening sequence was played over classical music. It was a wordless opening sequence. And I was watching this. And my, my daughter came in and said, is this some French art film you're watching? Because it really <laughs> did look like that. But it was, in fact, a match between Arbroath and Adrianians. Um, three, two for Arbroath, if you're interested. But interesting little shots at half time, And there was a shot of someone eating um, what they call a Scotch pie. I don't oh, know yeah. whether you, you're familiar with those parts. I've had the Scotch pie, mm. yeah. Nice. It's yeah, terrible. It's Are you not terrible. a fan? Terrible. No, a mutton pie. It's. <laughs> I know that in Seinfeld they once said there ain't nothing like mutton, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan myself. I find them not very... a fan of the mutton. I'm not a fan of the mutton one little bit. And this guy was uh, squeezing some brown sauce over it, uh, which looked to me like it had been diluted. It looked, you know, it was very thin brown sauce. It didn't look like HP, which might, you know, HP might have sort of assuaged the pain of it a wee bit. Um, but there was a shot of that. And then they had an interview with uh, Ryan McGowan, um, mm. who was playing for Dundee at the time. I think he's back in Australia now. Mm -hmm. um, but did play in the World Cup in Brazil. Oh, so, it, you know, it's an interesting sort of juxtaposition between the World Cup in Brazil and uh, making sushi, which he was doing uh, backstage at um, Gay Field. I think it was Gay Field where, oh. where they were at the time. He was making sushi rolls, you know, well, with that thing. With they, there you go. This wasn't it's a, a dream. This definitely tradition. happened. Oh. <laughs> it's, sorry, what are you saying? This wasn't a dream. It definitely did happen. You did see it. It definitely did happen. People it are having very vivid dreams at the moment. I think World Cup players making sushi rolls in our broth just feels like yeah. one of those dreams. <laughs> It was, the whole thing was, was sort of dreamlike, but very, very good. And they had an interview mm. with Danny Galbraith, who's now playing uh, for Edinburgh City. Yeah. So, uh, and he'd be about 25 years old. No, maybe older, maybe about 28 years old. Um, but I got a call when he was about 16. Uh, his father, Peter, who was also on the programme, got a call from Sir Alex and said, um, I want to sign him up. Um, this is when he was 16. And then wow. he, he, yeah, he, he said he had this conversation with his dad. His dad said, uh, listen, Manchester United want to sign you. And it was a dream come true, etc. Went down there at the time, I suppose the class of, might be the class, no, later in the class now. But Cristiano Ronaldo was there. All right. And gigs, obviously, a lot of good hmm. players. Um, he got injured, um, a couple of bad ankle injuries. Uh, and as he said, my career never panned out the way I wanted it to. Went back to Hibs at the age of uh, 19. But he said he spent every day trying to get back to where he was and didn't accept that he's a Hibernian player 
and it sort of clouded his whole career. Wow. And it was a very sad story. Uh, mm. And it's very rare you would get a footballer who's still playing, you know, to be honest, to, with that degree of honesty. Is it still and available, the documentary, Martin? Is it, it is, it is. Yeah. Really worth, worth watching. Uh, okay. It's on BBC Scotland, but you'll find it on BBC iPlayer, and it's called uh, A View from the Terrace. Really okay. good, I thought. And he's also... desperate to get in. He's desperate <laughs> oh, sorry, to get in. Right. He's rocking no, back and forwards. <laughs> it's because I've, I've tried to get in the last three times, but I haven't been oh. able to. No, just an observation. It's something that you said, Martin, about Scotland having a, a different way of looking at football, kind of left field. And uh, mm. you must be aware of only an excuse, which is a, a brilliant Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, yeah. that often. And Bob Dulally, of course, who again oh. only appears a couple of Love times Bob during Dulally. the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. He's brilliant, though. So they do have this sort of offbeat way of yeah. looking at football. No question. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, I used it. to be on um, Fred McCauley's show quite a lot, and he always mm. had uh, a collection of Scottish comedians who sort of specialised in football comedy. And I suppose because you have that access, and they know it's not the greatest league in the world, you know, League One, League Two up in, in, in Scotland, mm. it was really good. And we saw a little shot of the cup draw there. Uh, that was, when I say the cup draw, it was the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup. Oh, I don't yeah. know whether you... Do you know the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup? I do I like the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, well, so is that something else you don't like? Should we file that under mutton? <laughs> no, I, I like the Tunnock's Carol Wafe is fine, but I, don't okay. want to, I won't touch the mutton. Uh, the other show that I watched was one, uh, it was one of those on BT Sport, another 30 for 30. Uh, another strange show called I Hate Christian Letner. Anybody seen this? No. Oh, I've seen that. It's no. good. Very yeah. good. He was, good, isn't he was a big college player who just mm. had this arrogance about him and they kind of built that up, didn't they? It's, 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 they did. Like all of them, even if you're not interested in the subject, there's something about them that pull, pulls you in. Well, I, I, I was pulling about the fact that he was at Duke University. And we know Duke, it's in North Carolina. It's odd because it's this Ivy League college, which is there in, I suppose, redneck country, really. Uh, and uh, people hated him, A, because he was at Duke and he was a big white guy, and anyone at Duke sort of reeks entitlement, as they put it. Um, but one of, his, one of his teammates said, you know, there were all these people who asked why, why he was so hated, and one of his teammates said, yeah, he was an easy guy not to like, which I thought was quite an interesting <laughs> bit nice of pathos there, the easy guy yeah. not mm. to like. Um, yeah. But also he had floppy hair, so he's this white guy with floppy hair from Duke University, and you can imagine playing a lot of college teams that were full of black guys, you know, they wouldn't. It was the extreme whiteness of him that they didn't like, uh, or as one of them explained it, the variety and brand of whiteness. So it was, it oh. was a privilege and that sort of thing. Mm. But also, oh. on top of all that privilege, he didn't care. He elbowed, you know, they showed there was a lot of you don't see uh, a lot of the elbowing and the stuff that goes on in uh, basketball, um, you know, especially uh, at key moments and everything. And he was a guy. Uh, with a sort of handy use of the elbow. He was uh, a bit of wow. Alan Shearer about him, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, and you well, can Martin, see why... Yeah, sorry, we're out we, of time. We, right. we have run out of time, yeah. I mean, we, shame, we, we got so it all in, and it's been good for our both. I don't, our both have had this much coverage in, down here for years. Yeah, Bob and our both no. delighted. Bob and our both would be delighted. He's been in touch. He's like, thanks, uh, there was a great, thank, just one great scene I want to tell you about. I mean, they, they, yeah. they built their ground on the seafront there, and this sort of barbed wire at the top of the ground, and you can look over and see a very angry grey sea and there was one shot at half time where there was just a kid looking over and you just get this shot of the sea at our broth which I suspect it didn't look warm it didn't look Mediterranean you know I didn't think it was going to attract uh, uh, attract lockdown breaking sun seekers 
What about the Arbroath Smoky, Martin? Are you a fan of that? Oh, yeah, very much so. And also the you know, one you get in Fleetwood, which you can send by post. You can send... Um, really? Put a fish in the post? You can put kippers oh, yeah. by post. Kippers by post. Yeah. Kippers by post. Yeah. It's a new one. I, I sent one to to a girlfriend once. Did you? Years bet you did. Fleetwood. Really? Yeah. Was it? Was it the end? Was that the end of the relationship? Where you sent her a no, kipper I, in the post? I, nothing says I love you more than a kipper in the post. I say. <laughs> it sounds like some terrible euphemism. So I think we should move on. So, so let's um, let's move. On. Yeah, there it is. Fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Mike Ward joins us uh, from the Star. Good afternoon, Mike. I've forgotten the Monday bit. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We're not here Monday either, so we will oh, catch up with you on Tuesday. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but you might be on. Well, who yeah, knows? Know. I mean, I've got no control over the other shows. I mean, you know, we're just, you know, don't stop foisting Mike onto other people. I mean, we have to part with him. Doesn't mean other people have to. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, um, Amazon Prime Homecoming. I've heard about this, Mike, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's um, the second season of this. I'm having to say season because it's American. No, it's yeah. Um, the first one starred Julia Roberts. She's not in this one. She's executive producer. It's basically um, a sort of psychological thriller um, mm. about um, uh, a so-called wellness company who's uh, called the Geist Group that purports to um, prepare ex-soldiers for returning to the civilian life yeah um and that's what that was the sort of focus of the whole thing but clearly there's something altogether more sinister going on um as uh, the first series um i'm gonna call it series now I'm just changing my um <laughs> focused on one story so but but we were basically coming back with a completely almost completely new cast and a new story uh and it begins with this character this woman who finds herself adrift on a rowing boat in the pitch black in the middle of nowhere she has no idea where she is or who she is 
um, she finds herself in a local hospital and to cut a long story short it seems that she is being targeted by uh, people behind this shadowy organisation for reasons she doesn't even know because she doesn't know who she is so it's all it's lots and lots of question marks but it's very atmospheric it rattles along at a great pace and I love the fact that each episode is only 27 minutes or so long so you mm. sort of it, it always leaves you wanting more so you're, you're watching hour at a time just because you're thinking well, what's going on here um, but there are if you've watched the first series let's call it series again um, you will recognise certain threads that they're picking up but I don't think you have to have seen it to sort of fully now I was going to ask you that would you suggest going back to season one before you take this well, on well it's, te- it's five hours it's not it's not oh, an okay. eternity because obviously it's ten episodes yeah. of half hours so you know if you've got the time uh, it's the blink of an eye the blink of an eye these days couple of months isn't it really you five hours of telly you could do it <laughs> Um, even shorter yeah. than that, on Netflix, we've got this thing called the Saturday called History 101, mm. um, which is an interesting idea because what they've basically done these are these are twenty odd minutes per episode, and each wow. one takes a particular theme. So you've got everything from um, uh, the space race to fast food to the AIDS epidemic, and gives you a sort of like lightning fast primer on the whole thing. Lots of right. archive material, lots of sort of statistics, lots of graphs propping up, but not not in a sort of dreary, you know coronavirus five o'clock briefing type sense but in a sort of uh, you know a, a fun and and very sort of bite-sized accessible way so you've almost okay. it's, it's like what it's like a sort of cramming a bit of science if you've got 20 minutes before your exam you know, that kind of thing which is what i used to do to be honest. is it american or british it's it's, it's american but it's got okay. an awful lot of i mean it's a sort yeah. of joint type thing so it covers it all sure it's not like horrible histories or anything like that no 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 it's, no. it's, it's, it's you know that's good as well obviously for different mm. oh i love that it's good yeah you, you, this next one that you recommended, I just read your recommendations. There's a really funny bit right in the middle of this. What a strange thing you've got about Stevie Wonder. Tell oh, us about this show tonight. This is Stevie Wonder, A Musical History. Stevie Wonder, let's just say, he's written some of the greatest songs ever. He's written, yeah. you know, My Sharia Moore, Superstition, Living for the City, For Once in My Life, Higher Ground. You know, lots and lots and lots. I can't watch this program because I know at some point or other, I just called to say I love you is going to pop oh, yeah. up. I hate that song so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it brings me on a cold sweat just even mentioning it now. And that cha 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 at the end. It's I'm just with you on that. I I went I, uh, I went and saw Stevie Wonder at the time that film was it Woman in Red that that's what it was in wasn't it I think he did it for a movie mm. and it came out at that time yeah. and he he played it and oh. he was playing all the good stuff. And I thought, well, has he played this for a bet? <laughs> it was just like, it was like someone had written it on the back of a fag packet too. And they said, go on, Stevie, turn that into a song. You've got 10 minutes. Oh, and, and it thought, even sounds like one of those keyboards you used to able to buy where you just switch it on and it's got it little does. settings where it plays itself and you can go make a cup of tea. And it's played it's Bon Tempe, isn't it? It's yeah. like something where you just, you've got one finger, you play the left hand with one finger. And it's hard to believe the bloke who wrote Lately. Yes, and overjoyed also wrote that, but yeah. uh, that that's that's the man, really, isn't it? And then I Second. think in the end he said, "Oh, I know you enjoyed that, so I'll play it again as an encore." <laughs> First time for me, I've, I, I made a hasty exit. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's strange, isn't it? I agree with you. He's, I mean, that's a, that for me is a bit of an anomaly. That I think it's a whole thing of, of great either. great artists who've had at least one terrible terrible song. I mean, you could yeah. do it with everybody, couldn't you? Bob Dylan's probably had a few as well. Albums, in fact, um, <laughs> you know, the Beatles um, have had a, a, a couple. Yeah. 
You've got to give them that, haven't yeah. you? Really, down again. I mean, it was made you know, for a yeah. this thing. It wasn't. It was made for a movie. Maybe he felt it. It fitted. No it fitted excuse. the movie. And he was interested because he does this thing. I think he's always done it. But he was doing that thing about. He said, uh, "Yes, yeah, it's, it's a film called the The Woman in Red." And I went and saw it last week, and I loved it. And everybody's sort of shifting slightly uneasily <laughs> in their chair. But he, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think he's just. I don't know if he's doing it for devilment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, he does no, that a he's lot. Yeah. An absolute genius. I. I uh, I'd love to uh, love to watch this. It sounds great. It's been on before, but it's, it has uh, been on before. Yeah. yeah, everything's been on before. Let's let's just assume that. Yeah, of course. Been, I'm not even going to say this was filmed before social distancing in any of these things either. We'll just assume that as well. <laughs> yeah. It's on t- uh, BBC Four. BBC of course, four. it is. Of course, it 10 p.m. Is. Stevie Wonder still, musical yeah. history. It sounds really there. good. That's our running joke. Um, also we move tonight, to Saturday. Oh, should we move to Saturday? Yeah, because Joe Lice, it's got Joe you back. Lice, been on. He's just been on everything. He's great, but he's been on. He's, oh, but there is a brilliant thing about minutes. Minutes. It's a brilliant thing. I just say he has done a brilliant thing about nuisance callers and how to deal with nuisance callers, yeah. which is is, is uh, inspirational. But yes, I think that's a Saturday. good a good inventive show. That I think he's, yeah. I think they've done well. Oh, no, with it's it, good. Yeah, got yeah. you back. Yeah, it's on tonight at um, eight o'clock on Channel Four. It is. Bob Geldof was on earlier on the week on earlier in the week in breakfast, and he's there's a documentary on BBC Two Citizens of. Boom Citizens of Boomtown. Yeah, mm. the Boomtown Rats. I loved the Boomtown Rats. I know it's quite naff to have said you loved the Boomtown Rats, but I had all their albums. I had, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Rat Trap on 12-inch single, you know, and yep. I Don't Like Mondays. Or this. They only yeah. had two songs. That no, was they it, didn't. Wasn't it? Two they songs. had more than loads. two songs. Banana Republic was yeah, a low man. point. Banana Republic. So great bands who've had one bad song. Uh, I think Boomtown Rats may have had two bad songs even. You know, who knows? Um, <laughs> so this documentary is a sort of feature, but it's, it's very um, in-depth. I mean, they've got some great people. You know, Bono is contributing. Sting. They've got Sting yeah. contributing. Um, and um, Sinead O'Connor. Um, and it's talking, you know, it's hearing from the band from their origin. So it goes right back to the 70s and what it meant to be a band in the 70s and you forget that Ireland was a very, very different country then sort of culturally, mm. religiously, politically, etc., etc., from from how it, you know, how it became and, you know, just how significant they were and of, obviously, of course, they went on to sort of conquer the charts and then uh, uh, moving all the way on to, you know, the Live Age years and then the, the Wilderness years and the comeback, yeah. which, of course, uh, has uh, meant a, a new album only a couple of months ago. Well, his early career kind of gets written off, you know. He's seen as a sort of fundraiser and live aid, but I saw him a couple of times early on, and uh, yeah. he was a brilliant front man. He was absolutely fantastic. He was like a sort of jagger. He never yes. kept still. He really held you. He was fat. They were great live. They're I really used to try life. and model myself. I was in a band and I was the lead singer. Oh. I used to try and be a combination of him and uh, the late, I can't remember his name, from Eddie and the Hot Rods. That's, that's, that's Oh, one. yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Well, yeah. so what was the name of your band? Oh, no, I can't even begin to tell it. It's too embarrassing. It sounds like a hippie <laughs> prog rock, but it was called Electric Legend. Oh, I, I quite like oh. it. No, it's a like terrible that, yeah. name. It's the worst name in the world. It's, it was named after a guitar, I think, a brand of guitar. But it sounds. I looked it up. Barry Masters. Yeah, I can't, Barry I Masters, can't remember. Yeah. So that yeah. was he was the Eddie and the Hot Rods. That's Brilliant. Yeah, okay. Um, but the big day of football. This is good FA, for talk sport fans. Yeah. FA Cup football on the red button. You can go through the card. You can actually. Day. You can almost pretend you, you're waiting for it. it's a cup final knockout and cup final mastermind and all those things. I don't think they're doing any of those, which just seems a bit of a, a, a wasted opportunity. But there is an awful lot of stuff on the red button. Uh, looking back to all, you know highlights of recent tournaments, obviously last year's, but also greatest moments: uh, Coventry Spurs in '87, Liverpool West Ham 2006, etc. Those are on the BBC One show in the afternoon, and then match of the day, uh, top ten FA Cup moments um, at uh, ten o'clock. So my dog is whimpering. Sorry about that noise. Oh, okay, that's all right. It's probably just maybe you think you're going to. It's, it's been really yeah. fun that. Uh, yeah. Top ten that Alan Shearer and 
Ian Wright and Gary yes. have done. I've, I've really enjoyed those programmes. Well, yeah, it's good. It's, you know, yeah. Lively. It satisfies our appetite to a certain degree at the, in these, these barren times. Finally, quick one for Sunday. Britain's greatest comedy character, 8pm on gold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is also a select group of um, uh, comedy fans have put together this sort of um, shortlist. Uh, so obviously you're looking at people like Victor Meldrew, Alan Partridge, Captain Mannering, Basil Fawlty, etc. Et so it's a three-hour special on gold. Uh, uh, trying to work out which one we think is the greatest comedy character of all time, which is always oh. good for great yeah. excuse to show a load of old clips, which we'll all thoroughly enjoy. Excellent, brilliant! Oh, and look who's on BBC Two at eight fifteen on Sunday night. Yeah, I know. I thought you were going st- to. Who is it? To mention that it's, it's Joe Lysett, of course. Oh, Joe Lysett. Yes, yeah, and he's off. <laughs> yeah, that's got that into his head now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show, and uh, I just nicked it. And a bit of a faux drama there, where I managed to mess up in maths. So I really will work on that in the next few days. So. <laughs> well, we're going to take Monday off. Uh, have a bit of a long weekend. Hope you have a good bank holiday weekend folks and uh, we're back with you uh, from one on tuesday thanks for listening a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 